This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This episode of the Blank Podcast is sponsored by Maverick Arts Publishing. Learn to read with Maverick Early Readers. Some early readers are written with the repetition of specific phonics. This can make the flow of a story unnatural. Maverick's early readers are still phonic-based, but focus more on the flow of the text. This is so good, um, so important as well, that to have these kind of early readers, because they're in short supply, especially in schools. Yeah, And they are uniquely banned into the Institute of Education UK Standard. And the red, yellow and blue books are also available in the form of video, which highlights specific words, which obviously makes life much easier for children to start reading them. Oh, yeah. You can check out and order all of Maverick's early readers books from www.maverickearlyreaders.com. Welcome to the Blank Podcast, the podcast that explores those difficult moments with some well-known people. I'm Jim Daly, and with me, as ever, it's the wonderful Charles Haley Phillips. <laughs> Each week, I get um, better descriptions. Yeah, I'm going to run out of superlatives <laughs> at some point. It's just going to be, and the normal. And here's, and here's Charles. Uh, it's just Charles. Charles is back. Oh, How are you, mate? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm really good, buddy. I'm really good. And, oh, oh buddy, that went, that went a bit yeah, south yeah, part, yeah, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> buddy. Um, I'm really looking forward to this week's pod. Cause Me we've got too. The yeah. amazing Susie Dent. Yeah, one of my um, favourite people. She's wonderful, and she doesn't do a lot of these kind of pods either. So I'm really no. So like, we're really, really lucky. So to have grateful her on. she's given us yeah. her time uh, to chat to us about um, her work and, and all sorts of things. Um, it was a, yeah, it was a great pod, wasn't it? Was it was great, and we loads of new words we found out today yeah. as well, which was fantastic, including a potential new word. For the podcast. Yeah, but we're going to scrap the name of this podcast. We're gonna, we might change the name yeah, by the yeah, end of the yeah. pod. We might have changed it. So yeah. uh, you'll find that out uh, very soon. In fact, you're going to find it out now. Maybe we should just dive straight into the pods. I think we should, mate. Let's do it. So, so Susie Den, welcome to the Blank Podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you Thank for, you for having, having us in your lovely home today. Mm. So Thank you for having me. I'm slightly nervous, but if you said that it's okay to go blank. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're all for blank moments. There's literally no like the blank podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be an hour of silence. <laughs> One someone long asked blank me moment. when um, someone said, or I said, oh, I'm doing this podcast called Blank, and they just said, oh, is it just going to be... Blank. You, yeah, just nothing. No sound <laughs> or anything. <laughs> like the worst podcast ever. Yeah. Well, I think, but yeah, we're allowed to have blank moments. We all have them anyway, every day. 
Yeah, yeah. which I'm sure we'll go into. My first question, though, Susie, is, is there a word? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh, I should have anticipated <laughs> that, shouldn't I? That can descri- describe blank moments better than blank moments, I guess? What we, well, yeah, we're troubling. Mm. We're going to change the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll suddenly find a much better name for the pod. <laughs> Blank's a terrible name. <laughs> uh, do you know why didn't I think about this before? Um, I guess it depends on the context, really. I mean, the etymology of blank is quite interesting because uh, it's from the French blanc, meaning white. So it's all about, you know this, I'm sure you've talked about this, but it's all about an absence of colour um, and then just an absence, full stop. Um, and so like point blank was the kind of the white bit that the archers would shoot at with their bows, the white bit in the centre of the yeah. of the target. As it was the white the white point. Have you have you talked about all of this? No, oh, not at all. Okay. at all. We've saved okay. it all for this yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. Um but leave that with me. I mean there's sort of there are various words for um just I mean my my Twitter feed is full of words for just not quite being with it and so when you're not quite with it you do various things so you might um niffle naffle and niffle naffling is basically not really knowing what you're doing but pretending to look really busy um spuddling that's good is spuddling spuddling is pretty much the same it's just working at a really slow pace it's all dialect see english dialect Uh, is just amazing i mean dialect of the english language so you know british dialect um it's fantastic and it has it's given us our favorite my favorite word of recent times actually this is u.s dialect which is to scurry funge <laughs> nothing to do with going blank but to scurry funge is to do that manic frenetic crazy tidying up just before guests arrive oh <laughs> like, what about that yes i'm just what scurry funging my mum's a scurry funger but yeah, i was scurry funging i am still well. that like tidying up before you go on holiday as well you yeah, you can we apply do it to anything. I'd, I've you know applied when, to my desk. Before you go on holiday, you're like, we must make the house look perfect. Why? You're going, well, no, but a lot of people well, in case the burglar comes in well, while you're on just, holiday. Because well, no, really you want to come back to a clean house. That's the yeah. sort of thing. I remember Kim well, Woodburn telling dust. me once on Countdown that um, not only, well, she never scurry funged because let's face it, it was always pretty tidy to begin with. But as she was going out to leave for holiday, her husband would be hoovering up to the front door and then we'd leave the hoover just <laughs> no, yeah. that's amazing and then close the door i respect yeah. that i feel i feel that is there a yeah, word for to go back to it is there a word for like tidying up and then you turn around and five seconds later everything's a mess again um kids yeah <laughs> yeah children yeah yes um anyway so yeah yes buddling is from dialect spuddling maybe we should change the podcast spuddling. this is well the uh, welcome to the spuddling podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it sounds like uh spuddling because it does sound more it like, like it could be could be lots of different like things. Like peeling potato or something. Or, or a small, <laughs> a very, very small yeah, potato. A that's tiny spuddling. Spuddling. Yeah, a baby a spuddling. potato. That's a little spuddling. Oh, <laughs> that does sound quite cute. Um, and that, yeah, that's the thing about these. They're all quite um, onomatopoeic, aren't they? Born for their mm. sound. So you can apply it to anything you yeah. want. That's the beauty of English, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll keep thinking about that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a very good question. I should have lots of answers. So <laughs> I'm right. You, you grew up in Surrey. Mm. Yes. Woking. Woking. Uh, didn't actually grow up in Woking, um, but was born there. And then um, I grew up, uh, which was probably about half an hour from Woking, in a really uh, lovely house, but I was quite isolated. Most of my friends lived quite far away, so I was a bit of a loner. So I just remember some really happy times, just collecting conkers and cycling down to those little Ford at the end of our lane and just sitting there and collecting tadpoles and stuff. So really, really happy times. It was great. Um, so yeah. So yeah, being one with nature. Being at one with nature and just just by myself, I've always really lived in my head, which is not always great, as you'll discover when we talk about really blank moments. But yes, I've, I'm very, very much um, a head liver. Yeah. I think we all are, aren't we, to maybe to varying degrees. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily means you're introverted. I think it just means that you're constantly kind of whirring away. Well, I think that's become yeah. quite apparent in when we've been doing these podcasts that a lot of creative people have that process mm. just yeah. stuck away up in here you know in their heads rather than being out in the world a little bit more yeah it's not always great because then you've got this constant dialogue yeah. questioning yourself and and thus leading to moments that we're going to talk about but yeah um yeah so um just from a very very early age i think i was just living in my imagination yeah yeah so, so were words always a thing that you were interested in yeah it was just a swat but not necessarily for english so my one of my first um memory well yeah one of my really early memories was sitting in a bath and staring at 
um, shampoo bottles on the corner of the bath and just marvelling at the ingredients and the fact that they were written in different languages and that there were kind of kids in different parts of the world that could understand things. I never would. Um, and trying to make shape of Cyrillic and, you know, all that stuff. And then actually my first love was um, German and French. Oh, okay. So... My from reading shampoo bottles <laughs> maybe maybe that's how it started but I obviously I learned them at school started to learn them at school and my sister was uh, still is incredibly beautiful very quite glamorous and she would be trying out her new eyelash curlers in the back of the car and I would be sitting there with a French and German vocabulary book like <laughs> just soaking up as much as I could I'd had no aim in mind I just wanted to learn this stuff and then um I've always been a really cold person, so as in cold, I feel the cold, um, and and I've always been quite yeah, skinny. You've quite, been quite friendly <laughs> so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be great. Yeah. Um, so and my dad would always take us to these places on the south coast that were freezing, you know, in the middle of winter, and I just wanted to stay in the car reading these books. Um, under a blanket. So that was the sad That sounds really nice, life. actually. It does sound so, nice. Yeah, yeah, sitting in the back of the car, the back. My eldest, Eli's a real bookworm, and he. that's his ideal of like. Of, yeah. Of, yeah. Perfect. Evan really just sitting in, with a blanket and books. Mm. Yeah, yeah, perfect. And um, yeah, always, always trying to find the, the kind of the, sun, the sunny spot in the house and just kind of kneel and read. That's what I used to do. So yeah, that was. That was so were topic. your parents into. Um, were they were they big readers? Were they encouraging in that um, way? Yeah, I'm sure they were really encouraging as far as school's concerned. Um, but ne- I mean, my family definitely weren't into languages. So my dad was into textiles, so he was a textile agent, and um, my mum was an estate agent. And um, yeah, so really, really different. And in fact, my sister went into textiles. My and then um, my other sister, my younger sister, went into textiles. So I was the only one that was really into words. And then when I started to learn German, and nobody could understand, especially <laughs> uh, as you can imagine, grandparents and things like, what? Why do you want to learn yeah. German? Um, and that was a weird thing for me because I completely fell in love with German, and I to this day can't really explain. Was that another why. way? I was just wondering if that was another way of escaping a little bit that you had your own language that you were learning, and Maybe. they didn't know what language you were you know yeah maybe I've never thought of it like that actually um I just love the sound of it I think it's incredibly lyrical Mm. uh and I know people think it's guttural and you know all the kind of cliches about German not surprisingly because that's what we're fed from all the films yeah yeah yeah, exactly Um, but it is beautiful and to this day this is gonna sound quite naff but to this day when I hear German or speak German I feel like I'm coming home which is odd because I've got no connection with German at all Mm. um maybe in a previous life who knows um, but there was this fantastic book written uh, recently by um, Ben Schott. You know, he does shots mm. and salonies and things. And he came up with this great idea of identifying all the linguistic gaps in English and then finding a German translator to make up the German words for them. Because German's like Lego, isn't it? So um, there were just some brilliant ones like... Um, Deppenfahrerbeugung, which is the compulsion to stare at the person you're overtaking in your car. Yeah. Your <laughs> um, That's a like, big compulsion. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Someone did that to me the other day, actually. What? The Can you say it? Me. What was it again? Deppenfahrerbeugung. Deppenfahrerbeugung. Yeah, not yeah. bad. No, no, far not far bad at all. Deppen. Deppenfahrerbeugung. Deppen. And then Fahrer. Fahrer. Beugung. I want to say that as someone overtakes me next time. Deppen Fahrer Beugung. I see you doing that voice. Yeah, exactly. Straight into the. And then there was Speichelgleichmut, which is saliva stoicism, which is pretending not to notice when someone spat on you in conversation. You know all that stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's really useful. You can just make stuff up. Yeah. And, uh, and they'll know what you We don't have about. a word for that in English. Is there a reason we don't have words for that? Maybe, you, you know, there's gaps. We have so many linguistic yeah. gaps in our, in our language. It's, it's odd because English has been around for what, you know, over a millennium and, and we still haven't got words for for these kind of things. And And I guess it's more difficult for us to compose them because we can't just pile stuff up like they do in German yeah. or Latin or whatever yeah. um, but having said that look at a historical dictionary and you'll find loads of beautiful things that we that do fill gaps um, like uh, just trying to think so schadenfreude we all know is um, delight in someone's unhappiness and misery um, but there is a beautiful English opposite to that which is confelicity which is delight in someone else's happiness oh, which is nice. beautiful so yeah. if you look through the OED you'll find loads of words like well, that well I heard a word the other day um, 
on a documentary and it was Compersion, mm. which was, it was a, it was a documentary about uh, polyamory, the one I went and saw. Yeah. And so about non-monogamous relationships and yeah. Compersion meant, um, was the phrase they used when they, when you love seeing the person you love being happy. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess folks That's quite similar. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well that implies that you have to love the other person, but it's really yeah, similar. Yeah. Really similar. Um so yeah, there are I mean there are we th- we think that some things are linguistic gaps, but actually there are some beautiful words in historical dictionaries, which is what I try and do in you know, my job is try and bring some of these words back. Have you ever brought okay. a word back that everyone has just been like, Yes and used um, it? I don't it's really hard to know whether people use it enough. For it to go back into a current dictionary i wish i could lay, make that claim actually but i'm not sure i can there was one that i remember after grenfell that i found i just found it in in um, the oed and it was beautiful and it was um respare instead of despair and respare is recovery after despair really it's kind of new hope because despair means it's from the french désespéré meaning without hope yeah. um so i thought that was beautiful so i remember tweeting that and people really liked it but it's just you know it's just what you're feeling at the moment yeah, as you say course, my yeah, feed yeah. is full of stuff that kind of futzing around <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just not getting on with stuff that i should i like that respair that's, really, that's nice. really nice it's nice yeah. isn't it yeah yeah definitely need to bring that one back yes definitely so you went to school, you went to a Roman Catholic school. Oh, right? yeah. So I went to a convent. So I've done my research. <laughs> me, yeah. as well. <laughs> me as well. Did you? For primary school, yeah. Okay. Uh, so this was like primary and senior. I went to a convent. And um, yeah, it was fine. I think maybe though, because I'm not very um, religious now. I, do, I actually believe though. I don't know if it's kind of like a selfish belief that if I don't believe something awful will happen. Because I do believe. Um, but... So would not, you say you're um, agnostic? No, not agnostic, no. no. So I definitely do believe, yeah, well... Mm, it's tricky one with that. It is tricky. When you say agnostic, because that means... It's just you, not you, knowing, you, isn't it? Is you're, you think there's something there, but not, yeah. you're not, yeah, not sure, sure enough. Is, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think I'm one step that closer from, to <laughs> believe. It's from the Greek, so yeah. that means admitting without yeah, and yeah. then without yeah. knowledge, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, but I'm not, I definitely wouldn't say that I you know subscribe to any particular no. um faith uh, but the one thing i have inherited i think from um catholicism which it's a fairly controversial thing to say is guilt i feel guilty oh, yeah. a oh, yeah. lot of the time oh, do yeah. you exactly the same 100%. all the time all yeah the time. and yeah. just everything's your fault yes. and particularly being a parent constant parental guilt why don't i do this i should do this better and yeah ugh, well we've know. talked about this every day didn't yes. we, about guilt and yes. parenting. And i said it feels like parenting is like 99 percent guilt and the other one percent is you feeling bad about something <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. you said or done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, guilt, big time. Big, big yeah. time. And it's actually really not helpful, is it? It's not a very productive emotion to have. Well, not for long. No. Anyway, so I think that's the one thing I inherited from that. But I also really took on a work ethic, so I worked really, really hard at school. Um, I was a bit of a SWAT, and in fact. Just, I'm sure lots of people you've spoken to have um, talked about the imposter syndrome. But when people assume that I'm incredibly bright um, because I went to Oxford and and in American University and things, it's honestly it was just because I was a SWAT. I mean, I'm not saying I'm thick, but it's that (laughs) it's that sort of assumption that because I do what I do, I must be super super bright. So I just think if any if I'm ever asked to do Celebrity Mastermind, for example. I just think no the only way I can go is down <laughs> um what would be so, what would be your chosen specialized subject though yeah I've thought about that a lot I spoke to Chris Packham about it actually he did really well um what was he, his I can't even remember what his was but he said the key is to choose one book uh, sorry to choose a subject where there's only one book that's an authority oh, on that okay, subject okay, and okay, then yeah. learn it yeah and the book's 13 pages long <laughs> <laughs> and pictures um what about you, Jim? What would you be? What would you be? Something to do with nutrition, I think. Because I'm oh, quite okay. interested in that and physiology and things. So, yeah, yeah I'd definitely move away from words. Jim, what subject. would yours be? I don't know. Would it be Crystal football? Palace between the years of yeah. 2010 and <laughs> 2011? <Manchester. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rachel did Manchester United. Did in she? a quite a big, yeah, quite a big well. um, years span. You should do well. Um, but yeah, I think, and also, I, you definitely shouldn't choose anything in your field because if it goes wrong, absolutely not good. No, it's not. So yes, imposter syndrome, yeah. because I, I worked really, really hard. Um, and I think I got that from the comment But as did well, you enjoy that though? Did you enjoy Yeah, I loved, I loved yeah. it. Absolutely loved it. Um, 
yeah, completely immersed myself in it and didn't know anything about boys until at least 18 because I was at a convent. Then I went to an all-boys school to do Oxbridge. That was a bit of a shock. I remember being told to dress attractively but not provocatively. <laughs> oh, no <laughs> <way>. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and attractively, but that's how I dress mostly. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a big, big shift. That's ridiculous. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, and then, and then eventually, well, I took a year off and, you know, went to Germany and that kind of thing. Went to Berlin. So how long were you in Germany for? Um, I probably spent about two years all in, in Germany. So not that long, really. Um, you didn't want to stay there? Because obviously you've got no. this, you know, this affinity, affinity with, with, with the language. Yeah, I probably, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know why, maybe just timing wasn't right. I mm. did want to stay in the States. So I went to, um, University called Princeton and, and did German there, um, and then lived in New York, and it was just a dream, oh, cool. really. Yeah, yeah. So I would have stayed there, um, but visas were difficult. Yeah, you know, yeah. So yes, yeah, so I had to come back, but that's that's a bit. So of a how regret. long were you in New York? I was in New York for um, three and a half years. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. How old were you then? Uh, just straight after university, that I went there. So oh, was yeah. it really oh, quite a great young. time to be in New York. That's amazing. I know. Just thinking, yeah, being. What's so what early twenties? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Being in a big, big city like yeah, New York's amazing. Like it's, it's just yeah, it's beautiful. So much I'm going on. Yeah. You're not. You, you need know, to my go. wife's been, but I haven't been. You need to go. Mm. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. It's quite. It's very dramatic. Mm. It's quite dramatic. Place. Well, also kind of, I guess a lot of it's fairly familiar because you see it in so many yeah. movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's got a vibe unlike anywhere else. Mm. I think. Um, so that was good. And then I came back and almost immediately got a job at, um, if you want my life story, by the yeah, way. We do, yeah, we do. We do. That's what we want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I went to work at Oxford University Press. And within a week of being there, my boss, who's like the marketing manager, said, um, oh, we have arranged this arrangement with a Channel 4 program. And, um, you know, we, we kind of have people who look after the dictionaries and things. And I think you'd be good at it. And anyway cut long story short i said i said no three times um but <laughs> why? Why he's very no? persistent because i just not just, you know i've never really i've truly never wanted to fly above the radar no. in any capacity and um i just thought i don't i don't really need don't want to be on tv i don't really need to be on tv it wasn't fear so much it was just that's just not me yeah you know? um i'm an academic i can't no, because I'm not. Because I, I deliberately didn't stay on at Princeton yeah. because to do a PhD. Because even though people call me Doctor Dent, I'm not a doctor. Uh, because I, um, it wasn't for me being an academic. It just and was, Doctor Dent however, sounds a bit like a pseudonym <laughs> for a superhero, don't you think? <laughs> Doctor Dent, Dent. Yeah. yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's sorry. That. Um, no, I like that. Anyway, yeah. so um, so no, it wasn't. That I was an academic. I just just yeah, I just wasn't part of you know my world no. uh, just, just doesn't really didn't really appeal and um anyway but eventually i said yes and how lucky was i that he was persistent because um famously and youtube will tell you unfortunately i went on that really nervous <laughs> have you ever seen the first appearance of me probably i not. have seen some old ones of you okay. on youtube i don't know okay. if it's the first one first one oh, was... i think do you know what i think i might have done actually you yeah do, uh, there is one where you look quite nervous but yes. that might be like well, it could season be. three <laughs> it could be last week yeah. um yeah. in fact i do still get nervous we'll talk about this but yeah. i do still get nervous um but anyway so i famously hid behind rila lenska's hair okay so um, she was your person in she was, dictionary corner she was yeah and rich was lovely rich whitely interu uh, interrupted he introduced me <laughs> yeah and i just i'm totally rigid and I think I look really arrogant because I just said, I'll do my best yeah. um, when he said. And my best is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. And then, but then I was one of many. But sorry. That's fine. But then I was one of many for uh, for years and uh, only went full time in 2000. Yeah. So they used four. to mix it up. So what would you be there yeah. for a week and then have someone else? Or? Yeah, always three days. So we record yeah. three day blocks, five shows a day. Um, and, and do you still do it like that? Yeah, 15 yeah. shows every block, wow. which is why. And sometimes um, it's not completely Monday to Friday each time. So sometimes we're saying it's a Monday morning. We've had a great weekend. And actually yeah. it's show 14. And you've and yeah. we're on had lots of costume changes, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not Rachel, so I don't have to change fully. Uh, but we have to change tops. Yeah. I have to, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then I went full time in 2004, thanks to Richard and Carol, who wanted to have a full time team. So that was that was really nice of them. 
And yeah. And I guess by then you kind of got into the flow of it a little bit more. And was it, did it become more exciting? Because I know obviously at the beginning you were apprehensive about it. But. I was apprehensive at the beginning and I still, um, you can still hear the waver in my voice sometimes when I, especially if we've been out of studio for a while and I come back in. Or I just actually, it's completely, could it be because I've got too much coffee inside <laughs> me? Or yeah. I can, I can feel when I'm quite nervous and I'm, it doesn't yeah, come across. I mean, I'm an avid well, countdown watcher. How are you? So, yeah. And I particularly like Cats Down as well. Yes. But I do watch the old version. <laughs> the original. The original version yes. of Countdown. The regular um, Regularly one. as well, uh, when I can. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it ever comes across that you're... Oh, uh, maybe they edit You're very... Be. Well, yeah, maybe you're good at covering it up. Mm, I don't know. I can I can really hear it. I do... There's this, um, definitely times... In fact, I've had a couple... Like, normally the letters I get are really, really nice, but I've had a couple of emails over the years which have just said, please will you tell Zizi Dent to stop saying um and ah. And, it's, you know, speaking of blank, blank moments, I think the more unsure and uncertain I am well, of, I mean, like everyone, of their, you know, of what they're about to say. Yeah. Well, the more we, we've that. talked about it. When we started recording these, I said to Jim, oh, I just, I'm an ah so much. Mm. And Jim, and I said, you're so good, Jim. You don't ever do that. And he said, oh, I'm just filling the gaps in with, with words so you just able to slip in a word instead of an am or an R. I think I am an R all the time uh. <laughs> but it's interesting because there have been experiments done which made me feel a lot better where they um, recorded normal conversation with all the ums and ours and all the fillets and stuff and then they stripped out all the white noise and just kept the, the conversation and they played both versions to the same audience and they measured the level of comprehension uh, you know in terms of the content and the one with all the fillers was much more easily understood than the other one because it gives you time to process and, and absorb yeah, yeah. but so, you can't yeah, take it too far um, i think one of them so, i'd done i'd said um about 42 oh, okay. times <laughs> so I've, i think i've got better since then well, I, find it, I, so, I, I interviewed a footballer recently mm. from another podcast and when he's ex-footballer when he used to play he was known for saying um and you know a yes. lot and i interviewed him and i came away from it thinking he didn't say it Sometimes. at all it was wow that was really flowed and then i listened back to the recording and he said it about 40 times oh, it's so funny but i hadn't noticed it yeah. during the conversation yeah so it's, it's interesting to know that as a listener as well as as the person doing it like the, the speaker that you are working those gaps that's yeah. really interesting i never knew that so yeah. i'm gonna keep them in yeah, you'll be fine. Um, you'll be fine. That's excuse. <laughs> make, make them longer. Yeah. <laughs> That's the excuse. Yeah. I See how long we can get away with. That's really interesting. No, I never knew that. That's fascinating and quite reassuring. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'll just go I back agree. through. So before um, countdown, at that time, what had you wanted to do? Had there been anything that you'd particularly been? wanting to go into work-wise or anything like that well I loved my job at OUP and I was uh started on, on bilingual dictionaries um it's, it's always been very niche um and <laughs> then I moved on to English dictionaries and actually I was working quite a lot on the publishing side rather than the the actual compilation side um so I was commissioning editors so I was commissioning different kinds of books okay um and then I was actually running a team for a while so I was a manager for a while which again was fun slightly stressful um but I was really really happy there and it was um yeah it was what I wanted to see um it was what I wanted to do and I felt yeah I felt fulfilled doing that so the tv was thing was definitely secondary and then obviously it became um more and more important yeah and, and happily so and I'm so lucky to have the gig and I not only still get nervous but I still feel the adrenaline every time the clock starts every single time oh, really? so yeah I remember Richard Osman saying to me um once because obviously he does many episodes of Pointless and he said do you, do you honestly never get bored and I honestly don't because I've still got that challenge you know <laughs> every couple of yeah. minutes well, I guess got, you're in the game yeah. as well aren't you're you yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and it would be the same for Rachel and if Rachel yeah. doesn't get a, um numbers you know round which is very unusual she she always she yeah well she won't rest and so she will block out everything else and you'll see her just still trying to work it out so she can try and get there by the end of the show and if she doesn't she'll take it home with her so that's how nerdy we are yeah (laughs) but that's that's what makes the show work though you know i know it's it's definitely it's the format because it really draws people in and even on cats down um you'll see the audience sitting there trying to work out the maths around or trying to come out with the longest longest word so it's definitely the format and um yeah that we we're just we're just a bit of a nerdy crew so for example the two things guaranteed to get fist pumps from the crew <laughs> will mean nothing to anyone else so that is when rachel will say oh yes this one is the product of two primes 
<laughs> about a matter and, and it's if I say something like oh yes that's one of the orphaned negatives uh, and an orphaned <laughs> negative is something like disgruntled unkempt unruly um oh gosh and they're just there are so many of them nonplussed so there are all these words that only exist in the negative even though the positive used to be so you could be ruly if you stuck to the rules yeah, yeah, yeah. you could be kempt you could be gruntled all of this <laughs> Um, gruntled can you be yes. gruntled you can well pg woodhouse used it as a kind of you know he's feeling slightly satisfied with himself so he's gruntled uh, which i love so That's all great. of these were in the dictionary but somehow we're pessimistic lot so we just preferred the negative <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. anyway so if i talk about orphan to negatives that gets another yeah <laughs> it sounds like a very fun job you know, it job. sounds like a fun crew to work for. And I don't think that's not always the case in TV, I don't think. No, and a lot of uh, the people who work with us have been on it for years I was going to say, well. is it be, this is a real family atmosphere. Yes, yeah. I know it's a cliche to say it, but no, yes. No, no, but yeah, there really is. Really is. Yeah, lucky. Mm. Very lucky. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's a good gig to have. Long may it continue. People often say... Uh, or it's just you and the clock left, and actually the clock was replaced about five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, and you've, yes. had a new, you've had a fairly new set as well recently. Yeah, yes, okay, well. reasonably See, new. See, I do watch. You do. <laughs> um, yeah, we have. And on the Cats Now version, in fact, on both versions now, there's this kind of weird slope next yeah. to me. So I always feel like I should be sliding chocolate down to Rachel, who's just over by the, <laughs> by the board. Uh, so, yes, we've had a new set. And, um, yeah, just I can't even contemplate the end of the show and it's funny I'm really superstitious about the song The Final Countdown which um, <laughs> comes up on the radio more often than you might think and I can't let's have to turn it off straight away I always thought the kids, that turn it over yeah <laughs> I always <laughs> thought they should replace the clock sound with that song with The Final Countdown yeah <laughs> just a little snippet but that sound that clock sound <laughs> is so iconic that bit it is you can't yeah. get rid of that I know bit. I know uh, do you know what I used to work in a shop and the touchscreen um, till had the so when oh, you like really? putting, yeah, when, when you were putting numbers in, it would make that sound. And no, well, that's a bit of pressure, then, isn't it? To put the, yeah. put the right numbers in. Yeah, your card's been declined. <laughs> but Susie, that adrenaline you're talking about when mm. the clock's going, yeah, I think that's quite important. That adrenaline when you're doing anything performery yes. in front of a crowd, yes, it heightens your senses. It actually makes you better. I think, yeah. No, that is totally true. And actually, I noticed this. I did um, a mini tour recently. So it was funny calling it a tour because that sounds really glamorous. But it was just going to a few theatres and talking to some lovely audiences who were all um, kind of fellow word nerds, I suppose, or just enthusiasts, you know, passionate about words. They were just brilliant audiences. And um, I noticed on the last night when I was really shattered and I was completely foggy headed, and actually not so nervous anymore because I'd, you know, I'd done this quite a few times. It was my worst performance and I had to apologise. In fact, this is something I kind of, I kind of wish I didn't feel like I had to do. But again, maybe convent upbringing. But the moment I feel something is below par, I will apologise. And actually you're drawing attention to it far more than if you just glided over, which is what yeah. most people would do. Mm, definitely. And so I apologised to the audience and said, I'm really sorry that I'm slipping up on my words. It's my last it's my last gig and I'm just a little bit tired. But I kind of thought, why did I why did I do that? I should have just, you know, gone for it. So you're right. They wouldn't I didn't have, have, they the wouldn't same have noticed it in the same way that you do because we internalise things so much more than people externally. Mm. That's true. They but they certainly noticed, noticed it. it after I apologised. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, you're, she's right, actually. Oh, yeah. I want my money back. This is the shit. <laughs> <laughs> So was that um, was that um, stepping out outside your comfort zone doing those doing that tour? Um, yes and no. I think people thought it was more uh, out of my comfort zone than it was, but I actually do quite a lot of talk. So I often talk to um, I've done a few kind of corporate um, gigs where I talk to people. Yeah. Uh, I've done quite a few lectures, um, at, you know, to universities and things. So talking to people publicly wasn't. Um, talking in a theatre and having people pay a fair amount of money for it well there wasn't that much but um that was new yeah. that was definitely new and it was quite interesting doing interviews for it before i did the show um because my cat's just asking to come <laughs> I, in I've, yeah, I've been yeah, seeing the cat and i was thinking course, i was thinking yeah. oh that cat and i didn't Is know what to, to draw oh. attention to the cat what's your cat called she's a little rescue cat from battersea oh um, she's called Bo. Say hey, hey, Bo. Bo. oh my uh, 
Got bullied by the rest. My um, my mother-in-law's got two Bassets and one of them's called Bo. The other one's called Alfie. Oh, nice. Oh, that's Alfie. Alfie. Oh, yeah. That's excellent. Nice. Um, but yeah, she's a little rescue rescue kitten. Oh. Anyway, um, yeah. In the interviews leading up to my tour, uh, quite a few of the interviews said, "Well, so Susie, this is a this is a show. So, what are you going to do to make it a stage show?" What, and I was thinking, "Things like a song and dance, yeah, routine, like yeah. sequence, or um, <laughs> yeah. It was just it was juggling. kind of strange question. And word juggling. I should have said that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I felt this real pressure to kind of jazz things up a bit. And even Dudley, our lovely warm-up uh, man at Countdown, said, Susie, you're, you're not actually just going to talk about words for an hour and a half, are you? Uh, which made me feel great. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> but I, actually, I was actually going to yeah. do <laughs> <laughs> um, But actually it was really nice because I got quite a few... Um, comedian friends who I've met over um you know the last two or three years from Catstown to to do some questions some so they basically I filmed them asking me some strange questions so I had Joe Lysett in a bath in a Amazing. my little pony pink face mask asking me where does the word <laughs> zhuzh come from Susie uh and then I had Joe Brand in the back of a tour bus asking me about Americanisms and telling me how oh, much awesome. he hates can I get a coffee um, so I had some I had some fun interviews like that. I had some ridiculous outtakes from Countdown and Catstown. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't all just me lecturing. Um, so yeah, not completely out of my comfort zone, but it did feel quite new, and I was definitely nervous the first night. Yeah, but you enjoyed you enjoyed doing it. I really enjoyed doing it. Yeah, and it was a lot of prep, um, yeah. as you'd imagine, because you. I, I wanted to talk about things that I was truly passionate about, um, but that was you know wasn't so kind of specialist and um potentially off-putting but actually you know it turns out you only have to say to someone what's your favorite word or what word do you really hate and that gets them going and you can talk to them for the next 20 minutes it's like saying what's your favorite what was your favorite tv program as a Mm. child you know it's the same kind of thing it really gets to your soul and i didn't need to worry about whether people were passionate about language because they they all were so i talked about americanisms uh which i love by the way I love Americanisms because most of them were ours to begin with. Um, <laughs> Just reclaiming them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I talked about swearing. So I did a little brief history of swearing. Well, I loved I your swearing. Yeah, I loved your swearing series. That oh, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Yes. I think it's the unexpected, isn't it? Um, so I had to. I was slightly worried to begin with that there might be some kids in the audience. So there was lots of disclaimers. I'm about to swear a lot, <laughs> but it's not gratuitous. And um, so yeah, so I just went for it and actually showed. Do you know that wonderful Billy Connolly clip where he's talking about the versatility of fuck off? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just so funny. And then at the end, he kind of slightly loses his way and he just says, there is no English equivalent to fuck off (laughs) because it is English. (laughs) And um, yeah, he's... he's Swearing's amazing, actually. I'm quite fascinated with swearing. Um, Remember watching... what do you want to know? I I used every word apart from the C word. Well, I watched something where it was... Someone did a, an experiment with um, mm, ice cold water. Cold water. Yes, Brian that was, Blessed. That Brian was, Blessed. Was Stephen Fry, Fry, wasn't it? Yeah, and yes. that was amazing. I don't know if you've seen this, Jim. No, no, no. You can watch it on YouTube. Brian Blessed had oh, is well known for his um, blue language. Mm-hmm. Um, I have met him, and I know that he's <laughs> he likes to have a little swear. Yeah. Um, well, we all do. Yeah, yeah. The experiment was that you had a bucket of cold water with well ice cold water. Yeah. And then you had to plunge really your hand in. <laughs> right. right and you had to see how long you could keep it in there uh without swearing and then you tried again with swearing and see how long and this when you were able to swear you were able to keep it in for longer yeah in fact not i'm not sure about that one the results of that one but um there's been quite a lot of experiments done and in one of them you could keep it in for up to 40 seconds longer which is quite something wow when your hands falling off but he was quite funny because he was only allowed to say bollocks <laughs> and he really wanted to say everything else but it's like bollocks yeah yeah um all the yeah, way through yeah, Stephen yeah. fry just creased uh, creased over but it's funny because um bollocks was you would find just like the c word in all sorts of anatomy manuals you know um in the 13th 14th 15th well, 14th century and um, they were called the balucas. They were the testicles. Oh, okay. And the balucas. That sounds very continental, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Because then you'll find them in the yeah, Bible. Impressive balucas. <laughs> pair of balucas. Well, it sounds like a bar, like a sort of crap nightclub bar. Yeah, yeah. Going down balucas. Going down, yeah, going down balucas tonight. Yeah, down balucas later. But yeah, because I love that time because they called things like the intestines were called arse ropes. 
Oh, that is brilliant. such a much better word. That's, that's a great like, I'm yeah. having that's real great problems insult. with yeah. my ass ropes today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love that. But, um, that yeah, they were all freely, freely used, these words. And then the big, the big no-no, the big taboo in those days was religious profanity. So oh, you okay, could yeah. not... Uh, swear you know taking god's name in vain yeah, etc yeah, yeah. so you have gore blimey and jeepers creepers which was jesus christ and jiminy cricket later on and things um and lo- lovely comedian. things like <laughs> gad's budlikins which was god's body uh so that was the euphemism for god's body or zounds do you remember zounds in old comics no. remember that z-o-u-n-d-s that sounds familiar. yeah yeah that, that was god's familiar, yeah. wounds um, oh, from the really? cross so yeah lots of euphemisms for those but that then they like would just swear sound. quite freely yeah. Sound. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Crazy. and then we started to turn to bodily functions we were back to bodily functions as being our big no-nos and you know and then and bodily parts from there and bodily parts mm. yeah exactly arse ropes arse ropes is great it's good <laughs> Yes, I love that's that. exactly I what they are. Yeah, <laughs> shouting that at Palace players on yeah, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> you useless ass ropes. <laughs> like, that is that is the challenge set on Sunday. Yeah, see if we can do it. Yeah, see if we can <laughs> surprise my dad. But, oh, my ropes. dad's like, why are Giles and Jim saying ass ropes all the time? <laughs> oh dear, that's brilliant. Mm, it's a good one. So swearing was it was a lot of fun to do, mm. and I quite like the fact that people don't expect me to swear. But there's also a word for that stress relief that you get through swearing. So if you stub your toe, or whatever, it's it's called lallochesia. Oh, okay. So you've got an excuse, and that is actually it. a thing. Then <coughs> it definitely through yeah. Swearing, you can have more more pain, I guess, or I don't know. You can you, you relieve relieve stress, um, and you relieve pain. Yeah, um, it's it's a real swearing actually is a real um subject of academic interest recently so lots of physiological stuff has been published and lots of really good linguistic books as well um about the history and why we need to swear and why we'll always need to swear a future um, project for you maybe yeah well yeah it's well i think there's some really good ones written but they've you know for all the fact that everyone thinks we say fuck all the time these days um it's still like it when it's used on cats down people laugh automatically it's yeah. knee-jerk laughter which is slightly nervous i guess yeah. um and it's survived, you know, those have survived like 500 years and survived ridiculous alternatives. Like the Victorians were really, um, really disgusted by use of the word trousers. They couldn't bring themselves to say trousers because it had all sorts of connotations. And so they called them inexpressibles or unmentionables <laughs> or where have I put my sit-upons um, <laughs> or my round to my houses. That was another one because it was thought to be really lower class. Oh. Um, what tra- the word trousers was lower class okay. just mention of anything that's yeah, to do yeah. with the body and that whole notion of class and swearing is completely gone now because Boris Johnson was allegedly went into a business conference and said fuck business didn't he or something <laughs> yeah yeah um, strong start so you couldn't probably get posher than Boris so what you're no. saying Susie is now. when my mum says I need to stop swearing when I go and visit mum and dad I can say Susie Dent says swearing is good for stress so actually it is good I for should stress. be swearing yes. and but respect go and do your context <laughs> and respect your listeners too <laughs> <laughs> yes but oh, yeah man. just call it Lalekesia and say I'm really sorry mum I need to do some Lalekesia today <laughs> <laughs> she'll be very impressed with that actually, yeah. <laughs> so obviously the pod's about blank moments yes um, and which we all suffer from mm. uh, and you sort of touched on that you sometimes do you have them more often when you're broadcasting presenting or do they appear more when you're creating stuff so like if you're writing both I would say okay um I don't tend to get them on countdown quite so much because I prepare my origins in advance um and so you know obviously i've prepared i've been slightly prepared for those but i have you know i have off days where i can only come up with five letter words for example and then you know i i don't feel particularly fluent and we talked about the ums and ahs and things uh but i have definitely been talking to an audience and just thought i actually really don't know what i'm about to say or more it's more often I don't have enough of a handle on what I'm talking about and I know I should and again immediate instinctive reaction is to apologize 
and just say sorry I'm not expressing this very well and it's awful because for me there is even more pressure on me to you know be articulate and to be fluent and not to have any of the white noise that we talked about and to have a really good grasp of my subject I mean people are quite scared of texting me even sometimes because oh you know I might get my punctuation wrong I've, I've felt like that sometimes. Could you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. well there you go uh, so yeah I've definitely had moments like those and, and it was really funny because knowing I was going to speak to you both today I had dream last night it wasn't a nightmare but I had a dream <laughs> that I had to talk about a particular initiative to a radio station and I'd forgotten what the initiative was called and I couldn't find my notes and I was in the studio and I you know that I lost it completely so and I don't usually have dreams like that but that was quite interesting because I'd obviously been filtering this through and I did have a terrible interview when I wasn't used to being interviewed um I wasn't on countdown full-time but I'd written a book for OUP called the language report which is something I did every year and it was looking at changes to the language in the last 12 months and I was called up and said Simon Mayer would like to interview you um about this book and I went in and it, there was a fire alarm going on at Radio Oxford and they took my what well, was the security alarm and they took my bag so I didn't have the book with me and was being interviewed by Simon May, who was asking me for all sorts of examples of various things that I'd mentioned, and I could not remember one of them. So I started to blur. I'm really sorry, I've had my book taken. And he said, you did write it, didn't you, Susie? Was just did not suffer my foolishness at all. Mm. I, I really like Simon, and I've spoken to him since, and it's been absolutely fine, but it was horrendous. Yeah. It was absolutely horrendous. I felt totally out of my depth. And uh, yeah, that that scar stays with me still. Yeah. <laughs> no, so really the main really. thing is just be prepared. <laughs> really. But then in those moments, that Catholic guilt or that any anyone guilt, that guilt comes back, doesn't it? That you feel like you should be doing better. Yeah. Or it, exactly. It's like, I suppose it's less guilt. It, it's just shame. It was shame. Yeah, definitely. That I just didn't know what I was talking about. Uh, in, well, I guess enough. that 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 pressure. If you're known for being good with words, mm. and then you don't necessarily have them. Yeah. Then then yeah, it's going to be. It's gonna be real, really pretty shit if you haven't got them at hand. <laughs> well, no, what I, no, what I mean is true. like shit for you because you're like you say you're feeling like oh god, I need to be, I need, yes. to, I should be on this. I should yes. be like, I should yes, be, this is this is my forte. <laughs> yes, but, um, yeah, that's and that's totally right. it. But I've been reading a lot recently about vulnerability and actually embracing vulnerability and just not 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 doing anything through fear um, or or doing stuff through fear. And I think. That's really true because I think I just immediately want to knock myself if I don't do as well as I want to. But actually, you know, that old adage of A, no one's going to remember it in yeah. a week's time yeah. and B, you've learned something from it, which is maybe yes. you should have been better prepared or maybe you shouldn't always feel like you have to say yes to interviews if you don't particularly know your, you know, know that particular mm. subject. Because I do get asked a lot to comment on language in different, different areas and being a freelancer, you're automatic responses yes okay of course 100% yeah and and I've just learned how to say no to various things which is quite useful um that's taken me a long time but yeah that vulnerability I don't think is necessarily a bad thing so I've decided to embrace it (laughs) a bit more um I think that's important where it goes I think that's really important and as you say you 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 learn from it or if you if you're open to learning from it and from your mistakes then then in theory you progress as a person but you don't if you constantly shut yourself off yes or close down when you're feeling shameful or guilty you yeah. need, to, need to embrace it i've had so many moments like that even recently i've done something stupid and looked back and thought oh, what an idiot but then i thought why did i do that why did i get into that moment how can i not do that again yeah and that's that's how, that's how you grow as a person and i think it's really true and also not catastrophize because jazz and i've talked about this we do this yeah, yeah. Uh, just don't catastrophize all the time and just don't imagine that it's you know everyone's going to be talking about this as your most shameful moment because chances are they're just completely sucked up into their own you know their own world so uh yeah yeah, so that's taken a while yeah to learn that i wish i had more bravado but i don't i'm not sure i'll ever be someone who's would completely say well fuck it i don't really care you know well i just did (laughs) (laughs) but you know what i mean yeah yeah. yes so you've written obviously you've written a lot of books i have um yeah, should I tell you a Jimmy Carr joke on that subject? Yeah, yeah, go on. Go on. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're looking at a row of Susie Dent's books lined up end to end, you're probably standing in a charity shop. <laughs> 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 probably true. Anyway. <laughs> he always makes fun of your books. Um, yeah. Obviously, 
I don't know from experience that writing's difficult. What do you do when you're having the blank moments with regards to writing? Um, do you I'm, have them? Yes, I do. I am a very restless person. So um, I'm not sure if that completely goes with living in your head, but I am not particularly good at sitting down for hours and hours and hours. I'm much better at kind of moving about and walking. I've discovered is a really good way of shifting any kind of blocks that you have. And it's not, it's that thing called flow, isn't it? It's not actually concentrating on what you need to unblock. It will just kind of come at you from a lateral point of view. Mm. Um, so I definitely have blank moments and I definitely, I, I write articles um, every couple of weeks for various newspapers and I just think, God, what, what am I going to write about, you know? Or I might start and then think this isn't really going the way that I want it to. Have um, you got free reign over those? Do you, is I do, it, yeah, so I do. There's um, no remit. No, which is in some ways it's well, it's great, but in some ways that's kind yeah. of more more pressure. Yeah. And I realised quite early on, actually, when I was studying French and German and did lots of literature at university, I was really scared of my own voice for quite a long time, and I became really reliant upon critics. So I would go to the library, I'd get out everyone else's opinion, and try and somehow make my opinion fit their combined opinions, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and that lack of trust in what I think and that lack of sort of conviction that it's the right opinion uh, has stayed with me still and so when I write these newspaper articles I I know that I kind of hide behind objectivity quite a lot but then as a lexicographer that's what you do you know modern lexicographers don't do what say Samuel Johnson did and just say that's a low vulgar word we just report it as it is so I've grown up with that kind of objectivity and I still find it quite hard to say uh, for example, I wrote an article quite recently on that X in women. Do you remember there was oh, yeah, big yeah. controversy about, um, I mean, no one knows how to pronounce it, but uh, there was, and it, it was the intention was to be more inclusive towards all women, um, you know, transgender women, etc. And so they put, uh, they spelt women W-O-M-X-N, mm-hmm. which seemed really odd. Uh, and as I say, it's kind of unpronounceable. And for me, it seemed to be coming at it from the wrong point of view. But... And I wrote this, but then I kind of slightly changed my mind in the last two sentences and said, well, hang on, but if it's actually <laughs> making us have this discussion and it's making us stop and yeah, it's making yeah. us shout, then maybe it's doing its job. So I kind of always have to come around to the <laughs> other point of view because I don't think I have always enough conviction in what I think. And that's something I really need to work on. Do you rather sit on the f- fence instead? I know it's sitting on the fence. I think it's just not... Um, I think sitting on the fence is something slight, slightly more deliberate. In fact, that's you remember Boris Johnson's um, insult about a mugwump. This is the second time Boris Johnson. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, but you know, he, remember he called um, uh, Corbyn a mutton-headed mugwump. Yeah, was yeah, it Corbyn? Yeah. I think it was um, a mugwump. Originally, was somebody who sat on the fence, and the quote was, "With his mug on one side and the wump on the other." And I don't think I do that. I don't think I deliberately no. sit up there in order to avoid controversy. I think it is just. I think, oh, hang on, this person's got a point actually and I'm I feel quite easily swayed by that so I think I'm working on my inner convictions but as I say it's something that I have I have noticed since university days where I would always look to see what someone else thought but that that sounds like you're being quite open-minded and that you're seeing both sides of the coin as it were yeah but is it also maybe you're worried about what people might say or might think yes self-consciousness is a major major aspect of my personality this this is a bit like sitting on a couch here isn't it um i've always worried <laughs> this is what this podcast is way, into. free therapy yeah. way, way too much about what the IP, other people think and um and that yeah i've i've just always had that genuinely that's just something i wish i could shake off but yeah so it's that kind of slight slightly fear factor although i'm definitely getting better at it mm. i think um but yeah, I think it is that kind of, if I stick my neck out, and, and actually Twitter for me was a major step because I just thought, oh, I'm just going to get back horrible stuff. You know, can I can I sort of deal with this? And I'm a bit too sensitive to criticism. Um, that actually has been fine. And it's really hard on me because if I do get a ridiculous comment, I just completely ignore it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so it's been a good, yeah, it's yeah. been a good thing uh, for me. But it, it was quite a big step to go public because I'm not a public person. Yeah. And thank God I'm not like a, you know, true celebrity yeah and actually, you know that. what yeah, i think i mean from the outside looking in you've got a looks like you've got a very loyal following on twitter yeah you know, yeah. They, they yeah love what you do and you know no they are um, genuinely in fact almost exclusively lovely because 
you know, I'm almost exclusively what I do on there is um, talk about words, mm. and that's what they like. So, you know, I don't just do loads of selfies and <laughs> put those up. <laughs> but I that's what I'm going wrong. Yeah. <laughs> word selfies. <laughs> I think that um, caring about what other people think, I think personally, shows a uh, empathy mm. that you actually you're connected to people. Maybe you're a bit too empathetic, and you're you're connected to your own vulnerability quite a lot. But yeah. I think actually that's an important thing to have. I'd rather be someone, because I'm the same, I care a lot about what people think all yeah. the time and I take criticism to heart, but I'd almost ra- I'd like to be a bit like you, a bit more sort of... Tougher. Uh, tougher, yeah. a bit emboldened. But actually I think I'd rather be more empathetic than someone that wasn't connected to other people. Yeah, yeah. That's a very nice way of putting it. If you ever thought about being a counsellor, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a lot more money than what I'm doing currently. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I agree. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm sensitive soul with guys cars so thing. And I and I you know, I've keep saying we've said this a few times on past pods about it's nice to be nice and actually it's yeah. put positive stuff out there. Mm. It's actually yeah. much more fulfilling than being negative and it's yeah. less hard work actually. Yeah. But I think yeah, my I suppose <clears throat> the good thing that the one thing I have cultivated is that as I say, that kind of um love of my own company. So I don't mind living in my head and not being around other people. So actually that's one way of shutting down that kind of what other people think because you just think well yeah i'm here um, i've always got myself yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um for walking i just have yeah. only because I've, I've um always been a kind of intense exercise person and it's only recently i've discovered walking i'm actually thinking god i'd love to do some kind of charity thing should i say this on a podcast where i just walk yeah. you know like for miles and miles and miles, oh, and miles. i, I keep wanting to nicer. do the south downs way oh that'd be beautiful well let me know when you do it come on let's yeah. do it it's 100 I would miles love to do oh, i'd love to do that oh really but, yeah so how you many can days do it in a that week. be you can do it a in a week, week. Yeah. okay oh i'd love to do that let's yeah that'd be it. great i bet that's stunning views as well but yeah it's incredible across there because then you finish on like the seven sisters like by the seven sisters well that's about halfway through because it's like I think it's, I can't try and remember where it starts now, but yeah, you've sort of finished sort of Eastbourne area, I think. Let's do that. Well, yeah, we'd love to do that. But yeah, I, I'm a great walker. I do a lot of walking and it is, you know, and, and running, running a bit as well. But yeah, walking is amazing to just be with yourself, mm. and, you know, especially if you're near nature as well. I think like, it's always helpful. Ex- exercise in general, I think yeah. it's, it's been proven to be good for mental health and to help you clear your head. Yeah. Uh, not just for creative people, for anyone really mm. that's struggling with blankness or, or, or whatever. Mm. It's been proven to do that. So mm. yeah, says the guy that's only just started running. So. <laughs> but it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I don't know what your other um, interviewees, podcastees have said, but um, it's interesting that that early etymology, as I said, that it's an absence of colour because that implies that blank is always something negative, but actually it doesn't have to be. You know, a blank piece of paper has got endless possibilities. Yeah. Um, and an album comes from... Um, uh, the Latin for white, albus, um, hence Albion because the white cliffs of Dover and things. And an, and an album originally was a white blank sort of slate yeah. on which public announcements and things would be written. So it's, yeah, it's it's kind of double-edged sword, isn't it, strangely? Because blank doesn't always have to be something bad. No, and actually as we've been doing the podcast, mm. we've, no, we've, you know, out of blank moments comes very, you know, important work or, yeah. or amazing you know whatever it might be creatively something mm. amazing can come out of of, of a blank moment of a, mm. you know if you seize that moment yeah. if you look at it positively like yeah. you have just done right there which is a really nice way to almost bring the podcast to a close actually we've almost yeah. gone full circle but just finally Susie we do ask our guests what their advice would be to anyone listening who has blank moments okay um well first thing is to say exactly that they're not necessarily a bad thing um so you can embrace them and you know obviously you can you can learn from them but you can live in them i suppose and just see what happens so don't feel like you have to force it into something that's Mm. got color in it and meaning and content because something blank can already be full um but of those possibilities as i say so something a bit more intangible um and don't beat yourself up that's the thing i would say just yeah. don't live with shame and guilt because everybody has them um if you're like me you don't necessarily have to draw attention to them um necessarily and yeah just try and exploit them but also just know part of, yeah i mean this is all very obvious but that it's it's just part of us it's just mm. fallibility is human and yeah. vulnerability is quite important as i'm learning it's very true and it, and, and i think it's helpful for people to hear that you know, from people yeah. like yourselves and, and our and our other guests. And I'm just thinking we should have made our logo white. Shouldn't we? 
What colour is just, it? Well, it's so sort of black and, kind of black and grey. <laughs> we should have gone white. <laughs> oh, well. Next time. We launched next Well, we should have so. called it um, Spuddling. So, you know. The, the Spuddling podcast. Yeah, yeah. How to spuddle effectively. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been, that would have been great. Mm. Um, did you manage to think of a word oh. for blank, blank moments? Oh, no, we got close for Spuddling and, nif- was it Nif-Naf? No. Niffle-Naffling. 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 Yeah. Um, That's a good one. But do you know what I'm going to do? Um, in fact, if you'll let me, so I'm going to look at the OED and I'm going to look at the historical thesaurus, which sounds like the most deadly thing on earth, but it will tell you, like you can look up um, woman, for example, and it will give you all the synonyms for women over the centuries, most of which are not complimentary, I have to say. Um, or you can look up um, uh, heart and you'll find all the synonyms. You'll find arse ropes in there, for example. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. So okay. um, if you want to give me a couple of seconds. Yeah, that sounds great. I can do that. Well, it's quite interesting looking at the dictionary definition of blank because it's quite negative, really. So it says, of people looking as if deprived of the faculty of speech or action, shut up, as in they are shut up. Utterly disconcerted, discomforted, resourceless or nonplussed. And then it says, of emotions, prostrating the whole faculties, unrelieved, helpless, stark, sheer. So quite a dark podcast we've got now yeah Yeah. but then there's an obsolete sense um again it's kind of sort of more positive thing that's been lost but it means mere bare or simple so simplicity is quite a nice way of looking at it isn't it Mm. because you know blank verse is verse without rhyme but it's just it's just quite simple so you could see something as just pared down to the bare minimum but it's a starting point rather than an end point yeah yeah and you can take it from there I think that's beautiful. Yeah, Susie Dent, thank you very much thank for being so on the Blank Podcast. Thank Sorry, you. thank you very, very much for being on the Spuddling, spuddling <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Should we have some potatoes? Yeah, yeah. yeah please, yeah. Man, that was Susie Dent. Fantastic podcast. I really enjoyed that so yeah, much. Yeah. So fascinating. We learned so many new words. I know. Um, my favourite was probably spuddling. What a great word. Yeah. Should we call this pod the spuddling pod now? Spud, spuddling, spuddling. No, uh, it's quite catchy. It is catchy. Yeah. And it would be much better for search engine it optimization. Would it would be, yeah. So if only we'd done this pod. <laughs> we should have looked at that before. No, we're we're sticking with blank. Blank's a great name for the yeah. pod. Um, but yeah, just fascinating stuff. Yeah, really, really, and actually gave us a really interesting take on blank. Um, the yeah. idea of it being a blank canvas, and actually the positives that can come yeah. out of that. Because I think it's very easy, isn't it, with this pod and and with the word blank to look on the negative. Yeah, and we are most weeks anyway because we're trying to delve into those kind of negative yeah. moments but it's really nice to have someone turn it on his head and, and find a positive yeah and that was that was really lovely moment i thought and actually made me think differently about going forward with the podcast and where we'll be going you know yeah. in future weeks oh we're gonna get more positive each week yeah uh, good stuff so if you enjoyed the pod uh, please let us know you can tweet us facebook us and instagram us at blank pod really that's the one um and if you want to email us if you want to let us know your own blank moments or how you overcome those um, or any future guests you'd like to hear on the pod, you can email us at hello at theblankpodcast.com. That's beautiful, man. You should do radio. That's, that's great. Um, please rate, <laughs> rate us on <laughs> on iTunes. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> yes, please do rate us on iTunes. And please do subscribe on all the other channels, Spotify and CastBox and all these different places. There's so many different places you yeah. get podcasts. Wherever you get your app, your uh, podcast, yeah. uh, please subscribe because we'll be with you again next Wednesday with another special guest. It's going to be another great one, I think. I'm really be. excited for this. Well, they're all great, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, We've been very lucky, we have to say at this point, of so many great people have, have agreed to come on the podcast. Yeah. But I think mainly because they're excited about talking about this yeah. It's blank. Yeah, but we really blank. appreciate yeah, you know, their really time coming it, yeah. on and, and they've all been really candid and open yeah. and um, been lovely people to Very, very nice people. An hour with. Like, yeah. We're very lucky. So yeah. there'll be another person uh, on next week's pod. Um, so make sure you look out for that. In the meantime, enjoy your week, whether it's got blank moments or not. Take care, Jim. <laughs> Thank you.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.